0: what i'm talking about is everyone i want you to write it down if you're taking notes awesome if you're not grab a piece of paper take notes this morning here's here's the thing everyone everyone we are all commissioned to make disciples jesus said go into all the world to make disciples that wasn't for the select that wasn't for the few that wasn't just for the disciples that was for every single human being that walks on this planet everyone is commissioned to make disciples and so i'll, I'll we have this scripture, I'm going to read it right now, and uh, we have uh, a couple different verses. I'm going to read it first in New King James, and then the guys are going to put the message on the, bo- on the screen for you to read. So this is in Matthew 10, starting in verse 5. This is what it says, These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And this is a message version, which I love, I love, I love. So I just wanted to say it. Do not begin by traveling to some far off place to covet unbelievers. And do not try to be dramatic by tracking some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick raise the dead, touch the untouchables, kick out demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. Let's just pray. Father God, I pray this morning, God, that this word touches every single heart. Lord, I pray you speak through me, that it's not my words, but it's your words that speak this morning. God, we, we pray this morning that every person in here would leave with a passion on the inside of them to make disciples. In Jesus' mighty name, amen awesome. Here's the thing. We are all, like I said, we are all commissioned to make disciples. Nobody is exempt. And, and what has happened in our lives is we have strayed from that. We have strayed from making disciples for a couple different reasons that I'm going to talk about this morning. One of them is this. We have strayed from that because we believe, because that we, we see that that making disciples is so far off. That making disciples is reserved for the pastors, for the teachers, for the ministers, for the people in authority. That that's the ones that are meant to make disciples. That yes, I can be a disciple, but I can't make disciples. And we know this. Pastor Jurgen said it, that a disciple is a passionate follower, follower of Jesus Christ that purposely produces Christ followers. And so what we have done, we we have reserved making disciples for the pastors. And and we've said, like I I just said, we have said that we can be disciples. I will be a great disciple. I will be the greatest disciple ever, but I just can't make disciples. Here's the thing, church. I want you to write this down. That you cannot be a disciple unless you're making a disciple. It's impossible. Jesus said, go out to all the world. And make disciples. If you're not making disciples, you are not a disciple. The greatest thing we could ever do is make disciples. The great commission that God said, this thing I want you to do. Go out into all the world, make disciples. Making disciples is for everyone. Being a disciple is for everyone. But we've lost what it means to make a disciple. We've lost what it means to make disciples. We think it's so far off. We think that that we have to be mature. We think that we have to be, be gone to Bible college, we have to pass all these qualifications to be disciple makers, but that's not the case. Jesus said the disciples weren't trained men. The disciples were, were men just like you and I, that God commissioned to make disciples saying this is a great thing this is what I want you to do to make disciples but we've lost track of it because we put our focus on this we put our focus on getting wisdom getting knowledge getting degrees getting educations, and then we say you know what when these things are done then I'll start making disciples when these things are done then I'll make disciples and we've lost track and our priorities have have become in the wrong place do you know that Jesus said this Jesus said I want you to go make disciples, but before you go, I want you to wait, and I want you to wait because I want you to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. See, here's the thing, church. We wait and try to be mature before we go make disciples, but that's not the way God intended it. God intended it for us to wait to be empowered and then go make disciples. It's not about maturity. It's about empowerment. You can go without being mature. You can't go without being empowered. Jesus said, wait for the Holy Spirit. Because he knew that we cannot make disciples unless we're empowered. The devil's greatest commission on earth is to make our greatest commission not happen. If our greatest commission, and you might think, oh man, it's to to bring sickness, it's to bring disease, it's to attack my family. Yes, that's it. But all of that is underneath Stopping us from making disciples. And the way he does it is this he removes the power from church, he removes the Holy Spirit from working inside of church, because he knows this, that we can have all the wisdom we want, we can have all the knowledge we want, we can have all the maturity and ministry time that we want, but unless we have the power of the Holy Spirit, we're never going to make disciples. Jesus said, don't be mature, don't have wisdom, don't wait to be a minister to make disciples. Jesus said, I want you to do this one thing before you go out. This one thing is the most important thing. To be empowered by the Holy Spirit. in church, we have to get a hold of that. That it is for everyone that we must be empowered. We have to be empowered. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. But we've lost track of that. We've lost what it's meant because the devil is coming he's deceived. He's come and deceived us that he, if he could take the power out of church, he can stop a move of God. Because the only ingredient necessary, and Jesus said it, man, I don't care about maturity, he called fishermen. He understood that when you minister, you will become mature. He's not worried about maturity. Don't worry about maturity. Worry about the powering of the Holy Spirit. That's what you need. When you become empowered, my gosh, you can make disciples. You can go from being a disciple to making a disciple. You with me this morning? Awesome. Cool, this is going to be really good. Alright, so what I'm going to do this morning, i got, I got three areas. Three areas that the devil comes and attacks to get you from becoming a disciple. And to get you from becoming a disciple maker. Three areas that the enemy comes after. And we all know that the, his greatest commission is, is to make that the church doesn't make disciples. That's his effort. That's what he's going for, so that we cannot make disciples. And so there's three areas that I've, I've found in the, in the Bible and what God is speaking to me that He attacks so that we can't make disciples. You ready? Cool. This is going to be good. I want you guys to make sure you're loud. Again, right? Loud, engaging, interactive. Cool? Awesome. All right, first point. He wants to disconnect you from the house of God. The enemy wants to disconnect you from the house of God, the house of miracles, the house of breakthrough proverbs i just read it this morning proverbs 18 1 says this he who isolates himself seeks his own desires he rages against all sound judgment one more time he who isolates himself seeks his own desires he rages against all sound judgment and why is that connected with the house of god this is why jesus said this matthew 16 24 if anyone desires to be my disciple let him deny himself which means what Disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interests. And take up his cross and follow me. This is why being connected to the house of God is so important. This is why being connected to the house of God is necessary for being a disciple. I'm going to tell you the truth. If you're not connected to the house of God, if you're not serving in the house of God, you're probably not going to make disciples. Because this is what the scripture says. He who isolates himself seeks his own own desires. You want to make disciples, you deny yourself. Seek your own desires, not a disciple. Deny yourself, a disciple. Are you with me this morning? Come on, it's going to be good. So we have to change our mentality of church. David said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go up into the house of God. And I said it before. We have to change our perspective of church. Man, I look forward to the weekends. That is the greatest part of my week, is the weakest, because I know I get to come into the house of God. I get to hear Pastor Andy's incredible worship and the team bringing worship. I, I get to sit under the anointing and the preaching of Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. I get to come and watch this altar call like last night, eight people coming forward saying I want to reconnect my life with God. That's why I love the house of God, because I know that if I want my life to flourish, if I want my marriage to flourish, if I want my kids to flourish, if I want my ministry to flourish, if I want anything in my life to flourish, I must be planted in the house of God. I must be in the house of God. I must be here. Jesus said that, I must be about my Father's business. We've got to change it from, from it being, oh yeah, if I have time, I'll go. And I'm sorry, man, maybe I'm, I'm taking a knife and stabbing it in your heart this morning. I'm sorry, but man, God is, is calling the church to lift up the standard of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And this morning, if that's what I communicate, if this morning you walk out of here saying, man, I'm going to make disciples, man, then my job is done. Because everybody in here, you are commissioned and you are called to make disciples. But here's the thing. As a church, there's a difference between attending and serving in the house of God. And and I'm going to be completely honest because I know you'd want me to be honest with you, right? Cool. You can attend church and not be connected to the house of God. You can attend church and not be connected to the house of God. You know how you connect yourself to the house of God? You serve in the house of God. When you serve in the house of God, when you give your time like these incredible ushers and the the media team and the worship band on stage, you connect yourself to the house of God. It goes from being an attendee to being a servant and connect to the house of God. And here's the thing, when you serve, and I understand people in here, I understand that, that maybe you're in here and you've been hurt by church before. You've been hurt by pastors, you've been hurt by leaders, you've been hurt from people in the ministry. You say, you know what, I'm just going to give it some time. I'm going to give it some time. You say, you know what, I was abused in my last church. I got dirty, I got filthy, I got messed up, and I'm just trying to get that right. And I understand that, but don't let anything get, keep you from serving in the house of God. Don't let what men have done take away from the power that's in the house of God. See, it doesn't matter what what men do. The house of God doesn't change. The house of God is always a house of miracles. The house of God is always a house of breakthrough. But we have to connect ourselves and serve in the house of God. When I was in the Navy, yeah, I was in the Navy, believe it or not, and I was on a ship, the USS Dubuque. It's like a 50-year-old ship. And I was in charge of all the plumbing and maintenance on this ship. And so we would have to go in to these bathrooms. And over time, if you know any plumbing, the, the pipes on a ship are like the sewage, sewage pipes. So it's going to be really pretty. Just come with me. Sewage pipes on the ship are about this big around. Okay? And over time, they're metal. They get corroded with salt water. So they go down to about this big around. So almost every single day when we're out cruising around and you look at the ships, off, you're like, oh, my gosh, they are probably having a blast. I want you to think of me after today. Okay? So I'm on the ship, and it was my job to maintain the bathrooms and the toilets and every room on a ship is watertight which means if the room floods or if water gets in the room it doesn't just go away it stays there and so every day I would have to go into bathrooms I would open the door up and it was like I was looking Charlie in the chocolate factory right there it was like the chocolate lake that one of the kids fell into that's what it was like with Tootsie Rolls and everything, I'm telling you. So I would have to go in these bathrooms and I would have to fix them. There was a clog in the pipes behind the toilets and I would have to get there and I would have to fix them. This is how we fixed them. Behind the toilets was like this rubber boot that went into this pipe that ran along the back. And so we'd have to take those rubber boots off. I want you to come with me because you gotta get this illustration. You have to take these boots off and we would have these giant wooden plugs. And we would shove them in the backs of these toilets. And then on the other side going up was a smaller pipe and there would be a chute coming off of that. And we would take fire hoses from the ship and we would connect it to those pipes. And the way we would fix this clog is we would, we would plug these toilets and then we would put the fire hose on here. And then we'd go and we'd go where the fire hose is and we would do what we call slamming it. And we would turn it on as quick as we can like five times. Boom, 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 boom. And what that would do is send incredible amounts of water pressure through the line and it couldn't come up through the plugs because we plugged them and it would clear this blockage. Well, one day the blockage was extremely bad. And so you kind of know what I'm going at, don't you? And so we had these plugs in there, but every time I would come, and I was the highest-ranking man, so I got to do the nice jobs, which I was so thankful for. I was at the fire hose, and I was able to slam it a couple times, and and what would happen is the blockage was so bad, the plugs would pop out. They would pop out every single time. So like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? So we got these metal straps, and we tied it to them, still did it, still popping out. So finally, I came up with such a brilliant idea. I said, hey, guys, come here, come here. The only way we're going to do this is if you guys stand on those plugs. So I get three guys on all three plugs. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's super easy. All you have to do is just put your foot on the plug and wedge yourself against the stall. So that way, if it shoots back, it can't kick you out. So it's going to be super easy. Just just push down as hard as you can. Everything is going to be good. So the guy's like, oh, yeah, okay, that sounds good. So I'm like, all right, cool. So they're all standing on their plugs, pushing on these plugs. And I run back to the fire hose, and I'm getting ready to slam this thing. And so I let all the water drain out of this hose, because I want the most amount of pressure as possible to bust through this blockage. I'm trying to save the ship, okay? I'm trying to make sure that America is protected. So I go back there, and I slam this thing. Bop, 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 five times. I'm like, oh, that must have been it. And I walk back in the bathroom. I'm like, hey, guys, how'd it go? Silence. And out of the middle stall comes my buddy. And he walks out head to toe, soaked in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory's Chocolate Lake. Completely soaked. Toilet paper on his shoulder. And I'm not, I'm not saying like a little bit wet. This is what happened. He stood on the plug, but as the water came out, he slipped off the plug. So it was like this giant four-inch pipe was spraying him in the face the entire time it was coming. And so I apologized. I said, oh, yeah, just go take a shower. You'll be fine. But I'm like sewage, so tetanus shots, hepatitis B shots, everything like that. That all said, yeah, you can give myself a round of applause. Thank you. I was looking for him. No. That all said, here's the thing. You're like, oh, what does it have to do with serving in the house of God? This is what it has to do. I can guarantee you that's not going to happen in the house of God. What I can't guarantee you in the house of God is that you're going to get hurt. You're going to get offended. Something's going to happen. You're going to get dirty. But here's the thing, church. Sometimes you've got to get dirty to get the job done. Sometimes you have to go out of your comfort zone to see Jesus Christ lifted up. Sometimes you have to do the uncomfortable You have to plant yourself. You have to serve in the house of God. And here's the thing. You might be serving. You might have served for years and years. Like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I doing this? And I'll tell you why. But one of my favorite, favorite miniseries is Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers follows the 101st Airborne Division through World War II. And through this war, their their friends are given their lives, given their time they're dying, all friends around him. At one point in the movie, this guy was so distraught. He's like, I don't know, why are we fighting? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this thing? And you guys might be sitting here like, why am I serving? I can't serve. I'm hurt. But these, these men, through this war, feel in this way. Why are we serving? At the last, one of the last episodes in the movie, they stumble upon a concentration camp. And it's like seriously brought tears to my eyes as I'm watching this, because these men from our country who've given their lives to protect our country don't know why they're fighting, and then they stumble aco- upon a concentration camp. And in this concentration camp, there's thousands of Jews who, who, who they see them, and they have almost no flesh on their bones, who are hurt, who are struggling, who are dying, who are in need, of a Savior. And here's the thing, church, I want you to see it as this. And when I saw it, it so moved my heart, not just because of what the men in our country did, but it moved my heart because that's a picture of us as a church. And so often, as volunteers, we lose sight of what it's all about. So often, we get disconnected from the house of God because we lose sight of what it's all about. Because outside of these walls, there's people who are hurting, who are in need of a Savior. Who are dying inside and if we separate ourselves from the house of God and stop making disciples those people will never be reached so I want to tell you that's why we're fighting that's why you serve the Bible says this blessed is the man who is planted in the house of my God he will flourish in the courts of my king if you are planted you will not move I have made a decision that come hell or high water I will not separate myself from the house of God this is where I will plant myself. This is where I will serve. Until I die, I will not remove myself from the house of God. Because I know as I serve, lives become changed. I know as I serve, I serve a vision that's greater than me. And I've made a decision to switch from serving Pastor Jurgen Leanne's vision to making their vision my vision. So where they go, I go. What they want, I want. What they do, I do. Because this is my house. This is where I serve, guys. I'm gonna go really quickly because I'm taking a lot of time. But second thing, second thing, the enemy wants to do, he wants to take away our prayer, he wants to take away our worship. He wants to make us a church that has no power. You heard it before, we can't go without a power from God. He wants to take away our prayer. You know what prayer does? Prayer connects you to God. Your prayer life goes, your witness life goes. Your witness life goes. Your disciple-making life goes. It's all connected to your prayer life. You must be in prayer. You know what I love? Pastor Mark Peterson. I know that he is a man of prayer because when I get up early in the morning, I see his tweets from an hour earlier that he's already up. Praying. If you want to talk to a man about praying, it's Pastor Mark. I'm telling you, the man is up so early before anybody else probably is praying. Not because he asks you, because he wants to pray. Because he knows the importance of praying. When we pray, we get a heart for for people. When we pray, we get God's heart for people. We connect ourselves. If we want to be the greatest disciple makers ever, we have to be people of prayer. We have to be people of worship. When we stop worshiping church, we put ourselves above God. I know it's harsh, and I'm sorry, but when we stop worshiping, we put ourselves above God worship we say God you're greater we don't worship because God needs it Pastor Jurgen says this all the time we don't worship because God needs it we worship because we need it God we need to worship man I need to worship because it keeps me connected to the house of God it keeps me connected to the Almighty God it keeps me connected to the heartbeat of God we have to be people of worship we have to be people that do that I, I was uh, in high school worship story kind of funny one so you know trying to lighten the mood worship story I was in high school I was a senior in high school and I was a Christian and we had this thing called baccalaureate where schools would where uh, church would come in and lead worship and so I made a decision to say you know what I'm going to worship God this morning I'm going to worship God I'm going to have my hands lifted up I'm going to worship and as they're singing this song and this old school song and with our hands lifted high we come before you and sing so I remember this song and I'm like that's the perfect song when that song comes up my hands are going to be lifted high I'm going to praise God So I I say, as the song's playing, I'm like, my friends are going to know it, that I love God, I'm going to be unafraid, unashamed, hands lifted high, I'm going to worship God. I'm like, this is it. And so as the guys are singing the song, and it's a girl singing it, so I'm going to sing like a girl, not because I want to, but because I'm just trying to give you a a great picture of what happened. So as she's singing, and it goes like this, we will worship the Lamb of glory, and my eyes are closed, I'm like, this is going to be good we will worship the king of kings come on here it is we will worship the lamb of glory we will worship the king and when it comes to the chorus it says when with our hands lifted high i'm like this is it my hands are going up all my friends are going to know it and i'm like oh baby and so they get into the chorus band ramps up and with our hands lifted high these are my hands we come before you and sing. And it's like there's a weight on my arms and on my hands, and I'm singing it. And with my hands lifted high, we come to like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Like lift them high, come on. We come before you rejoicing with our hands lifted high to the sky. Not the sky, but we, and my, this is where my hands stay the entire time. And I remember looking across at my best friend, and he's like this, worshiping God. And I'm like, Yeah, baby, me too. Come on, worship Jesus. Come on, hands lifted high. Something cramped. That's why my hands aren't up higher. And anytime my friends would look at me, I'm like, Oh, oh, oh. And that's how I worshiped. Well, I made a decision after that day. I walked out of there. I'm like, What was I doing? What was I thinking? I made a decision that no matter where I am, no matter what I'm going through, my hands are gonna be lifted high in worship. Because it's not about me, it's about him. A few months ago I was sitting here during worship and I had gone through something crappy, and I felt, sorry for that word. I was going through something bad, they can take it out. So if you listen to the podcast, it won't be there. But I was going through something so bad, and I remember sitting here in worship, and I didn't want to worship. My hands were like this, and I'm like, man God, I don't want to worship. And I remember as we're singing the song, I made a decision to say, you know what, I don't care what I just went through. I don't care what's happening in my life. Nothing is going to take me away from worshiping God. And I remember that was one of the most incredible worship times I ever had was right here. Because the most powerful times you'll ever have worshiping God is when you don't feel like it. You don't worship God when you feel like it. You worship God when you don't feel like it and when you do feel like it it's not about us it's about him amen awesome last thing last thing the devil wants to do to keep us from making disciples is he wants to remind us that we're not qualified that we aren't qualified to make disciples that because of what we've done because of what we've seen because of where we've been we're not qualified to make disciples See, that's not what Jesus says Jesus doesn't say all your ducks have to be in a row. Jesus doesn't say that you have to do this thing right, that you have to preach this way, you have to talk this way, you have to walk this way. Here's the thing. In our church, we have incredibly talented people. Man, and I know this. Coming up on this stage, I have come to this realization, and I know this in my soul, that I cannot preach as well as Pastor Jurgen. I cannot preach as well as a as Pastor James. I don't look as good as Pastor Lance or Pastor Mark or Pastor Andy. I don't don't look the same as them. But what I do know, church, is that God has given me something. What I do know is that what I can do is better than anybody else. And what I can do, I must do. What I can do, nobody else can do. What I can do is most important. And what I can do, I must do, church. Man, you're in this place and you're thinking, oh man, I can't preach like them. I can't sing like them. I don't look like them. Man, that's okay. God didn't plan you that way. God didn't create you to look like this other person, to preach like this person, to talk like this person, to worship like this person. God created you for a purpose because he knew that you were the missing piece to complete the puzzle. And if you're not there, that puzzle remains incomplete. If you're not there, the body remains incomplete. I used to watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and whenever they'd they'd defeat the bad man, they would get all in their ships, and they would join to become, I forget the name of them. Thank you. Megazor. Somebody's watching Power Rangers. So they they would come together as that. So right there, that's an illustration of the body of Christ to me. Because we, we so often think, that oh man, the church doesn't need me. I can't preach like him. I don't have a revelation like him. I can't worship like them. I don't look like them. I don't have an accent. That's what I feel like sometimes getting up here. I don't got an accent. Maybe I shouldn't preach. But man, oh my gosh. Imagine doing this. Imagine running a race without a leg. Could you do it? Yeah. Is it the way God intended it? No. As a church were a body. As a church were a puzzle. And without you, the, no matter how great or how big the puzzle is, it would be the biggest puzzle in the world. Just missing one piece, the puzzle remains incomplete. That puzzle remains uncompleted. Gosh, can you grab a hold of that this morning? Can you grab a hold of that? Don't see yourself as just as observer. Everyone. Everyone is meant to make disciples. Everyone. Nobody's exempt. Not not just for for church, not just for for God, but for ourselves. Man, you don't want to walk through life and regret anything. I promise you, if you make a decision and leave here today saying, I'm going to be the greatest disciple maker ever, you will never, ever regret anything. Because that's what it's all about the greatest commission, the greatest thing we could ever do is make disciples for Jesus Christ. Don't worry about what people say. Don't worry about what people do. Because the devil knows that if we can grab a hold of the great commission and never look back, nothing he does will succeed. Nothing. I want you guys to stop thinking about your mistakes, about the things that you've done or seen or been or what you don't do. Man, it's not about that. Jesus says this to the disciples. Go out to all the world. Go out to all the world and make disciples. And this is what you need. Empowerment from the Holy Spirit. Everything else will come. Everything else will come. All he needs is the Holy Spirit, and that's a free gift. God doesn't say, oh, Holy Spirit, yep, Holy Spirit, yep, Holy Spirit, oh, maybe later, Holy Spirit, uh, we'll see. No, free gift. Because he understands that everyone is meant to make disciples. Gosh, I want you guys to just grab a hold of this. Want to see this place packed? Make disciples. Look at your neighbor. Reach your friends, reach your family. Make disciples. Be a disciple first. Make disciples. Passionate pursuer of Christ. Purposefully invite your neighbors. Purposefully bring friends. We had a, the interns went on a retreat a couple weeks ago to the Dream Center. And they were able to to go on the streets and minister to homeless people and reach out to people and give food to people. And Patricia, one of our incredible interns, was there. And she she met a lady, and her name was Queen Mary. That's what she called herself. She was like a 60-year-old lady, homeless lady on the streets. That The reason she's on the streets is because she's gone through all this mess in her life. But she was a Christian lady following God. And Patricia was sharing the story with us uh, this week in the office. And she showed us this video. I don't have the video here, but what, what I have is the words. And... and She said that Queen Mary was this, she would sing songs and she would write poems about God. Because she said, I might be homeless, but I can still make disciples. Unbelievable. This is what she says. The the video is incredible, but I think the words are are just as incredible. I want you to imagine this, a 60-year-old woman, homeless, saying, I might not be able to bless this person with finances, do this, do that, look this way. But what I can do, I will do with all my might. So she, she says this poem. I remember in the, in the office, man, I, I'm a man, just so you know, but man, there, there's things that hit me and I just can't, like seriously bawling sometimes. And it, it's, I think it's uh, the greatest thing is when people when I see people who don't care, see, I'm following God and I don't care. I'm following Jesus and I don't care. That's what this woman this is what This is what she says. She's sitting here, and it's such a crazy video because there's homeless guys around her, like laughing, making jokes. But she's, she says, I got a voice and I got to use it. This is what she says, she says His she, She's sitting there. She goes, His name is wonderful. His name is beautiful. He's my master my judge, my husband, my lover. She says, I praise his name above all others. He says, he's the ruler of my heart, mind, and soul. He's my strength. He's my stronghold. He's my music. He's my song. He's the one that puts words in my poem. He gives me joy and takes away my sorrow. He's my yesterday, my today, and my tomorrow. Church, man, can we just as a church grab a hold of that? It doesn't matter where you are. Everyone is meant to make disciples. Because out there, people they're dying inside they might look like they have it all together but they're dying inside in need of a savior in need of somebody say I don't care what people say all I need is God and if that's all I have that's all I need and I'm going to make disciples Why don't you just bow your heads